What You Need to Know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. It's Sedano and Cap. DeMarco Farr, the Super Bowl champ, filling in for Sedano the, the day after the Rams come up with their biggest win of the year on Monday Night Football against Arizona. We'll get back to that coming up. But here's Laura with what we all need to know. Laura. All right, guys. So you know what? I'm not breaking any news, okay, because you had to have been living under a rock this weekend if you don't know that Vicente Fernandez, the legendary Vicente Fernandez, passed away on Sunday at the age of 81. I actually talked about this on a What You Need to Know that he fell and, you know, he was in the hospital, but he was doing fine. He was stable. Unfortunately, like I said, he passed away on Sunday. And I just kind of wanted to, like, pay homage. Like, we did it. We weren't on air yesterday, and it's a big deal to me. Like, I called him Tio Chente. Mm. He's from Jalisco. That's where my family's from. And just kind of what he meant to me and, like, our community, right? Because he crossed borders. There was a lot of people that weren't Spanish-speaking that knew who he was and blasted his music. And I'm playing this song, Volver, Volver, because I remember growing up, like— my mom would wake up at 5, 6 a.m. to clean on Sundays. And I'm like, Ma, really? And literally, Vicente Fernandez would be blasting at our house at like 6 a.m. And when I found out about the news, like I cried like he was a family member, even though I've never met this man in my life. But just what he meant to like me, my family, our community, like I just wanted to bring that out here. And I know you guys allow me to do that. So that's kind of what I want to do because he would be playing whether my mom would be cleaning at 6 a.m., my dad doing the housework, or you know what, like at a carne asada, and he would start the parties, and then you would end the parties. Because, you know, with some tequila and some Vicente Fernandez. Well, I'm glad that. you mentioned it, yeah. because I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for my BFF, Canelo Alvarez, who put out an Instagram message with Vicente Fernandez, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, celebrating his life. But again, I, I wouldn't have known about it. So, muchas gracias, Canelo. See that? Look, look at that. Wait, wait, wait. What? His BFF. You're his BFF? Is, or in is his he... mind. In his mind. Does he know this? No. Well, no. I think it's more that, that Canelo is my BFF rather yeah, yeah. than me being his BFF. Okay. That's cool. Just making sure. Yeah. I mean, ever since the whole you know Vegas yeah, fight yeah. and then the post-fight dinner on Sunday night that he put on for this crew that I was just a fly on the wall, you know, but, but I still now consider Canelo my best friend. It's funny, man. I mean, kind of like Steph Curry. I, I've come around to Canelo. It took me a minute. What? How does it take you a minute? It took me. A, he was always on the other side. He was always the opponent. He, I was rooting against him. But mm. eventually, you start to see his talent and his genius. And you know it's okay. I give it to you because our people. He's P for P, man. He is pound for side. pound. I, I get it. Like <laughs> Steph Curry, it took me a while to come around to his game. Because it was so unlike Michael Jordan, which was the, you know, the top of the heap for me, you know? I wasn't a big fan of guys launching three-pointers from half court, but now I am. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Uh, So, hey, listen, that is what you need to know. It's brought to us by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. DeMarco, um, you're mentioning Steph Curry, and I want to get into THT and the Lakers, and I definitely want to get back to the Rams, but are you watching what Steph Curry's got going on yeah. right now. It's the end of the first quarter. The Knicks and the Warriors are tied at 24 apiece. But Steph came out bombing away from the beginning because all he needed was one to tie Ray Allen and two to break the all-time record for three-point shots in the NBA. And when he when he hit it, were you watching it when he actually oh, hit yeah. the, the record-breaking Right shot? here. Yep. I got the TV on. Amazing. 
what's amazing to me, and I, I realize that Steph Curry is a, I would call him like he's a lovable character to all fans, I think. How you feel about that? I like but, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I feel like everybody likes Steph Curry. Like, the Warriors No, could... you're wrong. Okay, tell You me. know, see, I'm right there with you. I didn't at first. Cavs fans don't like Steph Curry. <laughs> so count, count me into that group. They respect him. Come on now. You have to respect the guy. I respect him, but I don't like him. Yeah. Well, wait, see, wait. Actually... What's not to like, though? What did I he... Mean, Besides he... the fact that he beat you, there's well, nothing actually, not to we, like. We, we also beat him, so give us our, our due. Right, but what did he do to you? He just, you know, it was just... When we played the Warriors, when the Cavs played the Warriors, there was just a lot of drama and the whole... Like throwing his nasty spit-filled mouth guard into the stands and stuff like that. Like he, I don't know. He was kind of like a crybaby okay, during a lot of gross. those series. Yeah, that is kind of gross. Yeah, not a fan. Well, it's, I mean, it may be gross to throw your mouthpiece into the stands, but aren't you the same guy that took Steve McNair's mouthpiece during the Super Bowl, put it in your pants, Shoved and kept it, it forever, right in the pants, and kept it? Brett Favre's bloody towel. I got a bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. If yeah. it's on the field, it's fair game. Right. So if he throws it in the stands, say again. If he throws his mouthpiece in the stands, fair game? Fair game. Absolutely. Well, duck first. <laughs> but pick it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, Get a napkin, pick it up. There's no reason to hate Steph Curry besides the fact that he's good and he doesn't play for your team. I don't hate him. I'm just, I just don't really like him. To say, every, <laughs> to say that everybody likes him, I think that's inaccurate. Well, that's let all. Me, let I me, agree with her. Let, let me say yeah. it like this, though. Like, like, to me, LeBron James. There you go. That's why. Is a. Uh, LeBron James has people who love him and people who are haters you know he's polarizing to a lot of people if you're a laker fan you may have hated him before he became a laker now you may love him there are plenty of laker fans that still hate lebron james hate is a strong word Captain. well i know it is a strong LeBron. word i know but you know i'm not trying to say like hate 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 like i know him personally hate him but okay. they don't like lebron james whereas i feel like everybody kind of likes Steph Curry. He's nice looking. He's got a great smile. He's an amazing player. He's on a lot of TV commercials. I just feel like Steph Curry is about one of the most likable national figures in sports that we have, I think. I, I'm with you. Uh, he's got that squeaky clean image. Um, he could do the McDonald's commercials with kids, you know. I, I get it. Um, I just wasn't a fan of his style of basketball then. Now I get it. Um, He's unbelievable. He's a sharpshooter. Watching this on TV, I got emotional because Ray Allen's there. Reggie Miller's there. Steph Curry just broke Ray Allen's record. I mean, you talk about three of the best shooters ever in the game, outside of Larry Bird not being there. And there's Steph Curry with more to do, more games to play. So at some point, he's going to be one of the best of all time, period, end of story. Not just best shooter. So, I mean, I've come around to it. It took me a minute to come around to Kobe back in the day. I got to say, though, when he breaks this record, it's interesting to me that in Madison Square Garden, they stop the game. Yeah. They have a ceremony. Um, this was not happening in San Francisco in Golden State's home arena. This is happening in Madison Square Garden on national television, and it's not like you know the Knicks organization was like, no, 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 he, he doesn't play for us. Look, it's a great record, and it's an amazing accomplishment, but he's going to do it against us on our floor. We're not going to stop the game to honor the guy. Well, they did. Well, isn't New York like the mecca of basketball? Well, that's what people say about Madison Square Garden, that yeah, it's yeah. the mecca of basketball, and I get all that. I mean, but where else would they stop it? I mean, besides being at home. But in New York, I mean... 
That's huge. You just passed Ray Allen. You're the best shooter in the game. You should stop it in New York. New York well, at least appreciates greatness in history. Well, listen, I think I think in New York it's like this. Hey, I paid like $7,500 for these tickets. <laughs> you know? Like these tickets were really expensive. I came here to see Steph Curry break the all-time record. I paid a fortune. So you know what? Let me at least enjoy this thing because um, that to me, that is not – I mean, put it this way. If that was in Philadelphia, they'd be like booing. Well, yeah, that's you know? Philly. You in don't York, think that they would stop it, like, really anywhere? Philly beat like up Santa would. Claus, you know? That's that's, yeah. that's different. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other moments in sports where an opposing player sets a record, breaks a record, has a milestone of some kind, and they actually don't stop the game. And there's something I can't get – I saw something recently. It was I don't remember if it was a football game or a baseball game where they were like, no, we're not going to stop the game. We're going to keep going on. And I don't remember what it was. But, yeah, I kind of find it interesting that in New York they just completely stopped everything to stand there and honor Steph Curry. And you talk about getting emotional, DeMarco. When Steph Curry takes the ball and walks across the floor to his dad, yeah, Del Curry, I mean, listen, I, I'm a father. I've, I've passed 50, so I know I get a, a lot more emotional now than, than I used to. We've talked about how Dick Vermeil was always crying to you guys as, oh, yeah. you know, in the round. To watch Steph Curry give the ball to his dad, that's that's an emotional moment right there. You know, it's funny. I bet his dad probably told him at some point in his life, or maybe many times, someday you're going to be the best shooter in the history of this game. And at some point, Steph Curry started to believe it, maybe immediately. And then that moment happened when your dad is still here and able to see it. That's huge. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah it, it reminded me of last night, one of my favorite moments – of last night's Rams-Cardinals game was when Van Jefferson scores the long touchdown, you know? And I feel – I love Van Jefferson, DeMarco. I yeah. really love this kid. I think he's a real up-and-coming star. Uh, I was worried about what his role might be when Odell joined the team. And Odell is growing on me. I mean, I, I Lindsay, how about you? Because we were both anti-Odell joining no. the Rams. He's growing on me a little bit. Not me. Really? Why? Because, because of the past? Uh, yeah, because again, I'm from Cleveland. I have my biases, oh. don't we all? <laughs> Can't get over that one. This huh? Cleveland stuff keeps coming up. Right. You know what? Um, I would say give Sean McVay more credit than that. Um, just like Belichick. Belichick has coached some knuckleheads, but why while they play for him, they toe the line because it's all about one thing. It's all about winning. So I think Sean McVay is on that same path. So I think the Odell Beckham Jr. you saw in Cleveland was just scratching the surface. I don't think we know how good this guy can really be until he gets with this quarterback in this system. So uh, you might come around to his game at some point. I already have. Yeah, I was yeah, with you. but I'm coming around to him. Yeah, yeah, he's a hard worker. Yeah, yeah, he really is. And I see Steph Curry hand the ball to his father, Del Curry, and it, it reminds me of last night. Here you have Van Jefferson who comes up with a huge play in the early part of the third quarter, 50-plus yard touchdown reception. And I don't know if you saw this because you were down on the field last night, DeMarco, but after the game, Van Jefferson finds his dad, Sean Jefferson, who's the wide receivers coach for the Arizona Cardinals. And by the way, Sean Jefferson was a really good NFL player. He's yes, not sir. going to Canton, okay? But he was a really good NFL player. And when he played for the then San Diego Chargers. Yeah, he was a problem. <laughs> he, right. And, yeah. he, and, and in the mid-'90s, when they went to the Super Bowl, he started every game. It's just that Anthony Miller was really the star wide receiver of that team. But Sean Jefferson was a great player in the NFL. To have his son score that kind of a touchdown, I don't know if you saw Sean 
But as soon as Van scored that touchdown, Jefferson turned around like he was yelling at somebody on his headset, when in actuality he was probably like cheering for his kid but just didn't want anybody to really know it. But when the game was over, Van Jefferson walked to his dad at midfield and handed him the ball that he wow. scored that touchdown. And I love father-son emotional sports moments like those. I don't care if it's Little League or if it's the NFL. I just love stuff like that. I, I, I'm with you. And I, I look, I think Van Jefferson's talent is undeniable. Regardless of who you have, you're going to have to play him. He's good. He's been doing this a long time, and he's very, very polished. So I don't care if you stack it with the best receivers in the game. There's going to be reps for guys like Van Jefferson. He really is. He's good. Uh, if, if you sleep on him, he'll get by you. He's a pretty good possession receiver getting better, but his route running, his his attention to detail, I mean, you can tell he's been doing this a long time and he's been coached from a very young age. Yeah, we're going to get back to the Rams and what they did last night for sure. We'll get there coming back. Uh, also, I keep saying we're going to get to the Lakers, and we will. We're going to get to the Lakers because there's a whole situation now with THT, COVID, the flight, the practice on their way to Dallas. I mean, we're going to get to this whole story coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah, it's Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. Rams coming off their biggest win of the season in Arizona last night on Monday Night Football. Rams Super Bowl champion DeMarco Farr is in for Sedano. He was on the sidelines of the game last night, and it's been our top story. But DeMarco, before we get back to the Rams. Can I ask you, you've done sideline before, right? Yeah. A lot. That's where where we met, like, really, and talked Mm -hmm. besides BR. Uh, I don't think Lisa Salters likes me that much. Why? Because I'm an animated sideline guy. And I think, like, when I'm near her, I invade her space. Like, I'm too loud for her. She kept giving me the eye. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I always, when I work with Lisa Salters, like when I'm doing a Monday night game, which I haven't done this season because they've, they've gotten rid of the radio sideline guy. But um, when I worked with Lisa Salters, I would always start off with, hey, Lisa, how you doing? I really like that hat you're rocking tonight. I was always butter her up with a compliment, you know, before I'd get started. And well, then, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm not at a football game to be quiet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? Well, can, can you describe what happened between you and Lisa Salters I, you know, last night? It's just, you know, I, I get into the game. You know, I follow the football, so we're changing sides. You know how the sidelines go, mm-hmm. right? right? So, you know, I'm talking to Maurice. I'm talking to JB. I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing. I'm not just reporting. So I'm in the game. And sometimes when there's a big play, I kind of go berserk, <laughs> just like everyone else, right? So <laughs> I think she's getting ready to say something or do a hit, and I guess I'm too loud for her. It's happened a few times, like – you know, she gives me the side eye every time I'm down there. Has she ever said to you, hey, DeMarco, when you decide to crack your mic, can you make sure you're nowhere near me, please? Not not with words, but with a look, yes. Ah, ah, the look says it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. We'll get back to uh, what, what happened last night with the Rams in just a matter of moments. And if you want to jump in, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. But... I want to ask you what you think about what's going on with the Lakers. The story earlier today that Talon Horton Tucker has entered the health and safety protocols, could miss a bunch of games, 
Team had to cancel practice today, get on a plane, fly to Dallas to start a road trip. THD is coming off probably his best game of the year. This was on Sunday night against Orlando. So it, it's just one of these things now, DeMarco, where I kind of was living, I'm, I'm being honest, okay, I was living this mask-free post-COVID life that I thought I was supposed to be living. Yeah. And now, not so much in real news, but in sports, between what's happened in the NFL today, 37 cases reported, plus then it, later in the day it turned into eight players with the Cleveland Browns. You see what's going on with certain NBA teams that are having to you know postpone certain games, and it's come to the Lakers because THT now is out. So what do you what do you make of what's going on? You ever like uh, I'm sure you have like hit your funny bone or, or some some part of your body where it really like you stub your toe. Your pinky toe. When your foot's cold and you, you you bang it on, you know the 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 uh, the tool chest, the corner of it. You know what I mean? When your toe mm-hmm. really hurts, yeah, and it's that intense pain. Well, it's not going to go away just because you want it to go away. You know, it's going to stay around for as long as it's going to stay around. Same with COVID to me. A lot of people want this to be over. They really do. They can't stand the mask. They they're just done with COVID. It's not going to go away just because you want it to. It's not over yet. We're we're not out of the woods just yet. Uh, Sports teams are proving that. UW and UCLA, my school, had to cancel a game because of COVID. Uh, the Rams were down four or five players the day of the game because of COVID. Now it's affecting the Lakers. Uh, before that, the Arizona Cardinals, was, were, were, they were down a head coach because of COVID. Uh, it's, it's still there. You still have to take precautions. I get that you're upset and frustrated with all this stuff. Everyone is, but... It still doesn't mean that we, we just can go back to doing what we used to do. It's We're not there yet. We're getting closer, but we're not there yet. Speaking of not being there yet, uh, what do you think about what's going on with the Lakers? I mean, they finally have won a couple of games back-to-back against teams that they're supposed to beat, teams like Oklahoma City and Orlando. That's kind of like the Rams beating the Jaguars. Yeah. You know, they win by 30 points, but that's kind of what they're supposed to do. So... I'm following the Lakers and all the chatter about what they're going to do to eventually improve this roster. And some people starting to float the idea and, and has been reported that internally inside the Laker organization, there's been talk about a possible trade for Russell Westbrook. Wow. Um, if somebody called and wants to talk to me and I'm Rob Palenka and they want to talk about trading for Russell Westbrook, we can have that conversation all day long. I just got to find somebody that's willing to take on his $45 million a year contract. Wow. You know, I heard both. I heard AD and Westbrook have been talked about as as trade bait. Um, so it, it's not just Westbrook. I mean, trying to improve the roster, yeah, you, you have to at some point. And the other thing about the Lakers, maybe LeBron should punch somebody in the mouth a little bit sooner because he's been on a tear since he's come back from suspension, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's played better. They've played better. Uh, there's signs of life from this team, but – yeah, I, I, I don't think the experiment – I would say the experiment is is not working out. It, it really isn't. Um, I don't see this group meshing. I don't see Westbrook really fitting in with the rest of the group. Maybe it's too soon to say that, but I'm with you. If there's a serious offer uh, for his services, and depending on what I get back, I think I might actually consider that move. This portion of the show is being presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing health care one person at a time. Let me ask you this. Russell Westbrook, if somebody was willing to trade, I'm listening. Yeah. Okay, first and foremost, I'm with you. I, it hasn't worked out the way I'd hoped. I don't know if it's going to mesh, 
and I, if I could find somebody to take that $45 million off my hands, I would do it. But you mentioned AD. There was some chatter today about would AD, would the Lakers ever consider trading AD? I know for some people that are listening this afternoon, that is blasphemy. How dare you even bring up the notion of trading AD? Why? But I'll, well, I'll throw it to you, right? Yeah. Do you, do you think AD is untradeable? In other words, somebody calls Rob Palinka and they go, hey, I'd like to talk about the possibility of trading for AD. Does Rob Palinka go, stop, stop. That's not a conversation we're willing to entertain. He's an untradeable asset. What do you think? Uh, no, I, I think you'd listen. Uh, you, you'd hear the offer. I wouldn't trade him for, you know, Joe Bag of Donuts. You're going to have to overpay to get him. That's how I feel about him. I think he's one of the – he has a chance to be one of the greater players. The greatest players are – at his position uh, in his current era. Um, I'm not going to give him away. I don't think he's a problem. Um, I, I just don't think he's, you know, really, how do I say this? I don't think his game has progressed as fast as I thought it would in this situation. And it might not be his fault. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think outside of LeBron and Steph Curry, no one's untradeable. Really. Um there, there are very few untradeable guys in the NBA, and he's not on that list for me. Not on that list for me either. Uh, seriously, I know it sounds crazy. There are going to be people that are going to call this show and go, are you out of your mind? Even the notion of trading Anthony Davis, not something I'm willing to consider. I would. I bet you can change their mind if you play GM and just give you every, give, give Rob Belenka everything he wants for AD. You'll make that trade. You absolutely would. Every Laker fan would. All right, listen, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Radio Tinder's coming up right around the corner. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if you're first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, it's time for Radio Tinder here on Sedano and Cap. DeMarco Farr is in for Sedano. DeMarco, my office smells like really bad onions. Why? TMI. Why? Ew. Gross. What's in there? I ordered a sandwich earlier today. There were not onions on the sandwich. The guy put onions on the sandwich. As soon as I opened it up, I could smell them right away. And I was like, I got to take these things off the sandwich. I did. I ate the sandwich. I didn't taste the onions. But the smell, I swear to you, it's been like four hours. And the lighter, I have one lighter in my office to light a candle, and it's out. Oh, so man. I can't I can't even light like some sort of vanilla y candle to try and get rid of the oniony smell. It's horrible. I'm just happy the oniony smell is coming from onions. Because when you said it, I didn't know what the heck was going on there. <laughs> Listen, it, it does. The onion smell does linger because a couple weeks ago, Emily, who I share an office with, 
must have eaten. She ate, there was something in the garbage can, some kind of like wrappers from a sandwich or something that smelled like onions, and I couldn't even deal with it. So I just took the garbage can and put it outside. <laughs> yeah, I could not. It's it stunk too bad. Wow. I know it stinks in here, and I I keep smelling my fingers. Like, like okay, like, <laughs> well, like no, because I pulled the onions off okay. the sandwich with my fingers. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what else stinks? What? The Jaguars. Yes, they do. The Jaguars. They lost to the Titans 20 to nothing on Sunday. And in the, in the aftermath of the loss, Jags owner Shad Khan met with players, members of the team's business department, and coaches, including Urban Meyer, before hosting media members on his big giant super yacht. Khan said Monday evening that he will not rush into a decision regarding the future of Coach Meyer. Speaking to reporters, Khan acknowledged that despite the team's 2-11 record, he values making informed decisions over just acting helter-skelter on emotion. Now, this is the third time that I've asked this season, but things in Jacksonville are getting more volatile each week. So, will Urban Meyer make it to the end of the season? Cap, swipe left or swipe right? I'm going to swipe right and say, yes, Urban Meyer will make it to the end of the season. You crazy. And I actually think Urban Meyer will make it through next season as well. You're insane. (laughs) Well, I mean, perhaps I am, but I'm just giving you a prediction. Now, by the way, when you make predictions on the radio, a lot of times, you know, you go out on a limb and you're proven wrong. It happens to me quite a bit, which is why I pat myself on the back when I actually get something right. I think that Urban Meyer's ego is so big that he will not resign. I think Shad Khan is... His ego is big, too, and he doesn't want to look stupid and only have him for a year, and he doesn't want to have to pay him out. And I think one year is not nearly enough to see if a guy can turn something around. So I'm going to say I think Urban Meyer makes it through this year. What do you say, DeMarco? You know, I'm going to swipe left. Um, I don't think he makes it the rest of the year. I I think Sean Khan's going to have a big decision because you're going to start to lose players. You're going to have a full-fledged mutiny on your hands. They do not like him in the building. Doesn't it's, he already have that mutiny going on? I mean, a full-fledged mutiny. Like, we're not going to practice. We're not going to play. You can't force us to play for this guy. Either he goes or we go. It's that bad in the building. So I, I'll swipe left. And you know what? If he, if Shad Khan lets this go on throughout or into a next season, I mean, you. I don't think you know football then. Really, you you can't tell that your players and coaches are miserable under this guy? Not because the guy is just a hard you-know-what, because he makes people miserable. We don't want to play for this guy. Yeah. I know. I just want to say, though, but, I mean, it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars, if they had Sean McVay, would be 11-2 and rather than 2-11. and I mean, they just don't have a lot of talent. So I don't want to give up my team to a bunch of mediocre players. I'd rather say, you know what, this guy is a pain. But let's get better players and see what happens. He should have it's fired him that. after he didn't come back with the team. Well, yeah, that's a exactly. Whole, yeah. Right, now it's a different world, right? It's yeah. like every there's a different story coming out every week of something that he did that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with what's going on on the field. Yeah, and I think that that's the problem. Is you know now he's dissing his coaches, which he hired by the way. He's ditching, dissing his you know assistant coaches, calling them losers and stuff like that, and and you know getting in fights with players. I just think he's completely lost the locker room, and there's no way he makes it to the end I of got, the season. I got friends on that staff, and I texted them when that story broke, and they say you haven't even scratched the surface yet. There's more there to go. this. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, listen, I just want to say this. The question is, do you think he'll make it through the end of the season? My answer is yes. 
I actually hope he makes it through next season, too, because I find him to be very entertaining. <laughs> I would hate to lose the guy, you know? He's great for radio. <laughs> right, right. I no need doubt. this guy for content. Well, he'll, he'll be back again somehow, some way, in some capacity, whether it's media or college job or whatever. It's not like he well, – we, we, we will not hear the end of Urban Meyer when wow. he finally does get fired. All right, so next one. So LeBron James said that he drinks wine every night and he believes that it helps his heart. James didn't always have this wine habit as he he previously said that he was not a wine guy and never drank wine at all until he turned 30. When grilled about his love of wine, James said that he's played the best basketball while drinking wine every day over the last six years. He's made every All-Star game since turning 30 in 2015, and he's improved in minutes played per game, points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game in that time. Do you guys agree with LeBron that a glass of wine every day is good for the heart? DeMarco, swipe left or swipe right? I, I didn't before. Swipe right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, no, I'm not, getting, I'm not getting drunk, honey. I'm improving. <laughs> he is. <Right>. I'm <laughs> getting better. Yeah. Um, I'll swipe right and say that all the things you just said about LeBron, um, they're all, they all sound like statistical, factual truths to me. I don't know about you guys, though. I can't drink every night, you know, even if it's just a glass of wine, I just yeah. don't, I don't want to drink alcohol every day. Yeah, I don't drink. So I don't know what to tell you. Tomorrow, Maybe do you still. drink? Not anymore. Do you drink? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, How much oh, yeah. <laughs> Ask me what my favorite drink is. What's your right? favorite drink? More. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you Good drink man. during a week? How many nights a week uh, will you have I a mean, drink? Really, I mean, maybe once, twice a week. Are Go out with my brother. Guy or we, a cocktail guy? Uh, depends. If I'm hanging out with my brother, we drink scotch. If I'm hanging out with my wife, wine, you know? But, you know, we go out to dinner. I go out to his house. We play dominoes. We kick it. We have a couple of scotches, and then we go home. So, you know, once or twice a week, I, I, I let my hair down and have some fun. Laura, how many nights a week? Um, One. <laughs> <laughs> that's your cop, too? <laughs> one. I'm with really one? With okay, let's I probably drink like three, four times a year. has to be, you okay. know, Special week. celebrating or, you know, when I'm camping or something like that. There's nothing else to do. Last night, I went out to a business dinner with a guy. He had four vodkas. I had two simply because I was just trying to, like, be polite about it because I didn't really want to drink. This guy put down four vodkas last night. Wow. You know? And and then later in the evening, I had to go meet with a buddy of mine who I literally hadn't seen in 20 years. He orders two double tequilas on the rocks, and I'm like, I don't want anything to drink. Wow. Wow. They must be really good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> right. Keep going, Lindsay. What All else? Right, you got last one. More? one. So as the world continues to run out of burial space, a new option for memorializing your loved ones has presented itself. NFT designers are developing metaverse cemeteries. Last week, a group called Remember launched its first public sale of 5,000 commemorative memorial stone NFTs. Remember says that unlike traditional tombstones that share many unique or many similarities in size and colors, their NFTs are all unique. Each memorial stone doubles as a key to a user's private memorial hall where they can store and display memories of their loved one as text, images, video, sounds, 3D objects, and more. More than 500 stones have been sold so far, ranging anywhere from $50 to $800. Would you consider buying an NFT headstone? Cap, swipe left or swipe right? For today, I'm going to swipe left. Um, I'm trying to understand NFTs. 
I know that we talked about these metaversal plots of land that people are paying a lot of money for. I'm not I'm not trying to sound like completely ridiculous where I, I say, I don't understand all this crypto talk and I don't believe in all that. <laughs> but the NFT stuff, I still don't have a good grasp on. So an, uh, an NFT as a burial plot, as of today, I'm out on that. What about you, DeMarco? Uh, you know, I, I think I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I'm going to swipe left for now. I need to hear more about it. I don't really get it. I don't fully understand it. So, I mean, how do I go visit? What do I do with the loved one? How does this work? So I, I'm guessing that, you know, to, in layman's terms here, let's say instead of going to a physical grave to visit somebody, this person's actual physical body, we'll say it's cremated or however it's disposed of, but it's not buried in a traditional cemetery. Ah. Then they basically rent space in the metaverse, which is, you know, the digital AR, VR universe. And you can go to this place and you'll see pictures and videos and maybe they pick their favorite song. You know, like when MySpace was a thing, yeah. I kind of picture it like that, how you go to someone's MySpace page and they had a song playing and they had all their photos right there for everyone to see. I feel like it's like a way cooler, updated, hipper version of that. Like a digital shrine. Yeah, exactly. Ah, okay. I, so I, I feel don't like think it's I, a good idea. I don't think I'm there yet. I didn't know we were running out of burial space. We are? Yeah. I mean, think of all the people that die in the, the wow. cemeteries that are Right. How much land bodies? is used yeah. in cemeteries? Yeah. Not practical. Yeah, I don't know if we're running out of space, but, uh, I, but I'm still not sure I'm into the NFT virtual memorial wow. yet. Okay, yeah. I'll check back in like two years. I learned yeah, so much on this show. <laughs> Robes are bad, you know? <laughs> Unbelievable. They're not bad. They're not bad. We're just, you know, we're just not Robes are bad. <laughs> Cap's cold and his room smells like onions. I learned so much on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stick around, everybody. Coming up, the Rams get their biggest win of the season. But now, what do the Rams have left in comparison to what Arizona has left on the schedule and if we were going to try and predict what will happen, let's get there. Let's make some predictions. Coming right back to Marco Farr is in for George Sedano. That's right. I prefer vaxxed and waxed. And a shout-out to Kent McGrath. DeMarco, Kent is a longtime 710 listener who sent me a tweet earlier today that he was bored at work, so he made us a few shirts online. Ooh. And he put out the vaxxed and waxed on all the T-shirts. Nice. And, um... Are they I for like sale? Or just... I, well, I, I'm not sure if he's got them for sale yet, but but he's got the black hoodie that says Vaxxed, and then it's got a picture of a of a like a shot, like a needle. No you know? kidding. Remember yeah. the, uh, the 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 blank happen T-shirts and bumper stickers? Right. I, I think you're onto something with this. This yeah, could well, sell. This could be a fad. I was telling Lindsay and Laura and Sedano last week that I thought that Vaxxed and Waxed was a phrase that I thought I made up. I actually thought I came up with this on my own. Oh, you did. I thought so. Yeah. I sat down at a computer. I tried to do like an online ordering where you create your own T-shirts kind of thing. Yeah. And I got about 65% of the way through, and then it became too difficult for me, and I quit, and I never went back to it. Now there's Vaxxed and Waxed T-shirts everywhere. So I think I came up with the phrase, but apparently I didn't. Wow. I think I had the right idea, which was T-shirts early on, but I couldn't execute, and now they're everywhere. I'm going to so. call you the Little Richard of T-shirts. They stole your stuff, see? Right, right. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, but that's me. I'm like a 65% of the way there kind of guy, and then I can't finish anything. It's just Come on. Kind of the way it you is. You got to learn to finish. Come on, Cap. I know, I know. You know anybody can start, but who can finish? <laughs> that's I can right. hear my coaches saying that over and over again. DeMarco, last night, 
the Rams got what many of us, I say us, meaning I'm in this camp, I think it was their biggest win of the season. I mean, we can go back to Tampa Bay in week three. You brought up Indianapolis in week two. But the way they had been playing and the wins that they had accumulated against really the bottom feeders of the NFL, only to lose three straight games and get right against Jacksonville, which really probably didn't impress that many people, to go on the road against a first-place team, down as many starters as they were, and get that kind of win on Monday Night Football with the whole world watching, to me, that's their best win of the season. Uh, you know, I, I have to agree with you. It was impressive. You, you, you held Arizona and Kyler Murray to 56 offensive plays. 56! That's the same number Jacksonville had. So you turn the best team in the league, or the best team in the NFC, into the Jacksonville Jaguars. You you absolutely took it to the best team in the league. So yeah, big win and significant. Uh, what Kurt Warner said when he was when he was on, had the Cardinals won that game, they go up on you three games in the division. They bury you. You start thinking wild card. You change everything if you don't win that football game. So, Not only did you win, you did it shorthanded. That right. was huge. Right. So so now Arizona though has they're ten and three, and the Rams are nine and four. The division. And home playoff game or games is not out of the question for the Rams. But I'm going to give you the schedule for the next four weeks and tell me how many games you think the Rams will win of the next four games. Okay, let's go. Yep. Home against Seattle, on the road at Minnesota, very unpredictable. On the road at Baltimore, who knows what they'll be when the Rams get there with Lamar Jackson and his injury. And then finishing at home against the 49ers. So two division games. Two road games against good, solid teams. Not great teams, but at the Vikings, at the Ravens. Seattle, at Minnesota, at Baltimore, at San Francisco. How many games do the Rams win? I, I Two and two. Uh, I know you can beat Seattle. I've seen it. Everyone's seen the Rams beat Seattle. Everyone's seen Sean McVay kind of master what Pete Carroll does. And you've seen Aaron Donald kind of, uh, what do you call that, uh, neutralize Russell Wilson and his greatness. So I've seen that movie. I've seen the Rams beat Minnesota before. I've seen them beat a Mike Zimmer-led football team before. Uh, if he wants to run that same cover two and get after you with four, then Sean McVay is going to make you pay for it. They still haven't figured it out. Now, Baltimore, I still haven't seen the Rams beat them, not with Lamar Jackson. Uh, that that was on a whole different level, that beatdown they gave him here. So, But like you said, Lamar is now compromised. He's got an ankle injury. So he's a scrambling quarterback or a running quarterback that yeah really can't run as fast as he used to so uh, that's going to be tough because you're playing there but there's still a chance but uh, Baltimore I'm not sure because I haven't seen it and San Francisco that's still a mystery to me uh, I, I don't know why it just seems like the Niners have the Rams number and it gets punishing it, the last matchup was embarrassing so based on what you just told me I'll say two and two and okay, feel comfortable so- with that. Okay, so if, if if the Rams go two and two, they'll finish the season eleven and six. Now let's look at Arizona, who has a one game lead. The last four games for Arizona at the Lions. Win. Home against the Colts. Probably a win. On the road at the Cowboys. Wow. What do you say to that one? Toss up. Is uh, is is Zeke healthy? I don't know if he is or isn't, but I like that other running back, Pollard, a lot. Pollard's good. You know, if you can control the ground, you can beat Arizona. So that could go either way. Okay, and then finally, the Cardinals finish at home against Seattle. So again, at Detroit, home against the Colts, on the road at the Cowboys, home against the Seahawks. How many of the four does Arizona win? Three and one, probably. Okay, so if that's the case, Arizona's going to end the season 
at 13 and 4 yeah. and the Rams would be 11 and 6 and the Rams would still be looking at the wild card because this is the hole they've put themselves in by losing games to teams earlier in the season like the Titans at home um losing at home to the Cardinals uh the, these are the games that you know they they needed to win and they didn't and they had a chance against the Titans when they didn't have Derrick Henry and they were home in a division game so they evened it up by beating the Cardinals on the road but the last four games for the Rams, really, really tough. You know, it's it's not that bad when you think about it. I think whenever we start talking about seeding in the playoffs, I think in the back of everyone's mind, you're wondering, do I have to go to Green Bay and face Aaron Rodgers? Isn't that in the back of your mind? Yeah, and, and that's why, because of the way they played against Green Bay the last time, I was like, run the right. football. Right. Stop throwing on every down. Establish a running game so that you can eat up some part of the clock so that your defense isn't gassed and having to get back on the field no after three and outs. I have no fear of, I'm sure, that no one, uh, I'm sure the Rams don't have any fear, but from an outsider's perspective, I don't have any fear of traveling anywhere to play a playoff game except Green Bay because Rodgers is there, he plays better at home, and the, the conditions could be tough for a team like the Rams. Anywhere right. else, I feel comfortable. Yeah, especially, again, if you're, if you're running game. I thought they did a good job last night because when you look at time of possession, it was pretty much 50-50, whereas in earlier games this year, the Rams were getting out-possessed. Yep. If that's really... Stop turning the ball over, and that wouldn't happen. See what right. happens when you don't turn the ball over? Yep. You put and the pressure the on them. Battle, yeah. Right, you, you win the game. All right, stick around, everybody. What you need to know is right around the corner, plus still to come, you got to listen carefully because Santa Slee is coming down your chimney, everybody. DeMarco's in for Sedano. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.